This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey. Call the cops. Hey. This level of foolishness hey. and joy. Hey. Houston, we have a hey. door. I'm just chilling. Hey. Hey. Damn it. Hey. <laughs> She's in there to stay. She made it. She's honored. Hey. Damn it. Hey. Hey. People are gonna die. Hey. I yeah, baby. Uh, oh dear God. Oh dear God. Dear God. We're out of sherry. Welcome to GCF. Good Christian fun. I'm Kevin. Caroline, we're listening. And we're listening. Uh, we're here to have good Christian fun. That, of course, was Kelsey Grammer, who has always professed his Christian faith from the beginning. He's been open about it. He's listening, but if you were listening, you would know that. Because he always <laughs> says on that show, Oh, dear God. Doesn't he also say good, good God? God? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good God. You're a good, good God. <laughs> it's who you are. It's who you are. Uh, we're here to have good Christian fun. Good Christian fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music and the movies and the entertainment made for, made by, made about, uh, truthfully or not, Christians and Christianity. History. Uh, history makers, legends, Entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs. But we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. We're just here to have fun. And we're just here to talk about a movie, piece of cinema called The Jesus Revolution. Or no, not the, just Jesus Revolution. Cleaner. It's cleaner. Uh, a movie not by the Irwin brothers, but by one Irwin brother. <gasps> and then a guy named Brent McCorkle. What happened? I don't know. But you know, the Cohen brothers, that's like the same thing. Joel and Ethan Cohen. Always did their movies together, and then recently they're starting to do their own things. So, Tragedy of Macbeth was, I think, just Joel. Just one Cohen? Mm-hmm. Mm. Which is, it had you know, about half the Cohen power, I'd and say. I'd, you know, and we'll talk about it in relation to this movie. Yeah, but you can when, feel when it. a certain spark, <laughs> when a certain something is missing. Wait, which, which Irwin wasn't there? Uh, Zeppo, I forget his name. Uh, John. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew was not there. You can feel the lack of Andrew's special touch <laughs> on this film. Yeah, the Andy touch. The Andy handy. The they Andy. used to call it on set. The Andy that was handy. Special t- and that's how he would greet We're people. We're going to need a handy on this one. Yeah. This shot. Ah, this scene isn't working. All right. Bring out the Andy handy. <laughs> bring the hands. And he comes out. Hey. <laughs> I don't know why I made him waddle like a penguin. <laughs> He's mostly hands. We miss him. You'll, yeah, we miss we'll him. We'll get into that. We did talk to him on the podcast one mm-hmm. time talking about entrepreneurs. He's but, the hot one. Yeah, he's the yeah, he's the hot one. <laughs> I had a I had a moment. Um, you know, the research on this show sometimes takes us to very dark places. For this, you know, because there is a sort of mainstream element, and that Kelsey Grammer is obviously an iconic television actor. So he's doing the rounds, he's doing the Today Show, he's doing, you know, morning stuff and being like, you know, I've really connected with the material or whatever he says. But then but then the the directors will just go to whoever will have them. And that includes, of course, Babylon B. Oh, no. <laughs> Which it wasn't even like a, a super like charged uh, conservative conversation. It was all very innuendo. 
light. Um, but I did have a moment where Brent McCorkle, this is on my walk in Caroline. I, I took a picture of this moment um, because it was uh, the Irwin brother, uh, John, not Handy Andy, and then Brent. And Brent was wearing a sweatshirt in the because I was watching it. It was a video interview. I was like, what is that sweat? Oh, no. And it was the exact same sweatshirt I was wearing while watching oh. the video. Which is somehow heartbreak feels good in a place what? like this. He was wearing it, and I took a picture of my face He's as I realized the AMC. That. He wow. was wearing the AMC Nicole Kim, and somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And how did you feel? I felt bad. I was like, I think it's done now. I guess this is it. We've like looped over and that sounds cynical that's so sad say. if christian filmmakers are starting to wear your cool ironic gear literally where ironic. else can you go yeah where can i yeah where's there space for me a cis white man where is and, there space for you no not in los angeles <sighs> well i hope you hold space for me caroline and i hope we can both hold space for our very special guest today friends and folks she is a comedian and you can check her out on her own podcast bad behavior give it the hell up for sterling mulberry yeah hello yeah. oh welcome oh it's okay Dexter. dexter's okay. helping dexter's out going wild. the announcement yeah <laughs> he gets protected he's like don't yell at her she's my friend i love her he is whoa dexter that's that anxious attachment I was talking about. Yeah, getting right right oh, in there cozy. I know. That's like, well, imagine if like I did that to you the first time I met you. It just like put my, <laughs> my head on you and just kind of leaned it over. I'm I'm saying first it's not it. good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm envisioning it. I'm She's rolling like, with you. Hi. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> no, thanks. Uh, welcome, Sterling. Welcome. Thank you so much for having, having me here tonight. Thank you. Thank you for... The, the GCF revolution. Thank you oh, can't for wait. making the time commitment. Very Seriously. seldom do we say to a guest, not only do you have to spend X amount of time, you have to go somewhere to do <laughs> yeah. it. Go somewhere. Yeah. We're not going to be there. Yep. You need to go. Yep. We won't meet you Figure there. Figure it out. <laughs> Don't even talk to us about like, oh, maybe we can do this together. It's yeah, it's not, not an happening. It won't happen for you. This isn't a Figure bid for friendship out. connection. This is completely professional. Also, yeah. we're not giving you a short movie. We'd like you to see the two real hours. nice long yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, the full yeah. two. Thank you. The full two. The full two. <laughs> Can't miss a Anytime. minute. Anytime. Anytime. Because you will be talking about it. Thank you so much. That of was course. very kind of you. Have you had to do a lot of homework for podcasts before, for podcasts you've guessed it on, or perhaps your own for my own, yes. Yes. We do a lot of homework slash I never can even believe how long a segment takes to create. Like, mm. yeah. So that takes a very long time. And then when it happens, it seems like maybe we came up with it in five minutes. And that was two hours and me calling all of my friends being when, like, is this funny at all? Oh, man. And then sometimes they say no. And even sometimes the guest also says, this doesn't seem very fleshed out. And I say, that took hours. I say, that hurts my feelings. Wait, did, <laughs> Anyways, I've done a lot of homework. Did I say that on the episode I, I was know, on? You have to check it out. No, no. I don't, I don't think I did. But that's fun, talking pod shop of like the kind of BS and T that goes into yeah, making the, yeah, yeah. a segment. Yeah. Because people think like, oh, you just tippity-tappity type yeah. and then boo, boo, boo. And yeah. add some sound effects. No. People think you just crack open about 10 tabs on YouTube, <laughs> the child singing a VeggieTales song. No. No. There's sometimes also some reading. Yep. People think you just clip out a Bruce Springsteen song that you've listened to for the last 20 years of your life. <laughs> Call it a day. And bully children <laughs> who have less than 100 views 
on the most popular so video streaming service on the internet. But no, there's a lot that goes into it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm glad you recognize that too. Yeah. So anyways, I'm happy to do homework. I'm used to it. It's yeah. the process, right? Yeah. You know? And it's much easier to ask someone who also has a podcast to do this much work for your own. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, listen, you, you get it, you right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what needs to happen. You're used to like, hey, just following up, making sure we're on for tomorrow oh, night. Yeah. Getting that iCal out there. <laughs> getting that address, that Zoom. Yeah, Whatever absolutely. the case may be. Aftercare. Yeah. Texting. Aftercare. Yeah. Yeah. Outpatient treatment. Yeah. <laughs> Are we okay? What does this mean for our future? Right. All of that stuff in, in situation. But but we mentioned it before, Bad Behavior, your podcast. And I, I did guest on it. And, yeah. And if you want to just give a little plug and recap oh, it for yeah. what it yes, is for listeners. Absolutely. So, and perhaps we can find a, a Christian perspective to give. Oh, yeah. Well, way. I mean, I really feel like we kind of have a game that's heaven or hell. So it's very sort of in that, mm. I feel like. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, two um, of our favorite. <laughs> the two big places. The, the two big places. Yeah, yeah right. we cover those. Top two. Um, so yeah, I, I co-host a podcast called Bad Behavior, and it's where we have comedians come on, they tell a morally questionable story, and it's about like diving into like social etiquette, um, and then we deem them good or bad and punish or reward them. <laughs> um, and it's based on a live comedy show we've been doing in New York. Um, so yeah, we just launched in January. Kevin yes. was on. We've oh had gosh. some other really fun guests. So a month ago? Two yeah. months ago? Yeah, January 11th. Well done. They had Snooki on. <laughs> Snooki? Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Snooki. Good lord. Snooki. Yes, we did have Snooki on. Um, yeah, our fourth guest was Snooki. <laughs> yeah. And the situation? <laughs> I'm, if did I'm reading this right, situation. <laughs> That's great. Well, congrats. That's a Thank lot to you. launch. Yes. So. Yes. We were doing, um, yeah, really insane. We kind of, we recorded, I think, 14 episodes in a week. Oof. So it was, um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Back to back to back. Really? We were working. Yeah. We were working. 14 and, well, we split up the week. So it was three days, one week, three days. That's a grind. But not with Snooki. We gave her her own day. I tell you what, Caroline, I'm never doing that with you. <laughs> no. Hey, hey let's handshake you. on it. Right. Not once. Sterling is our witness. We will never bank. I don't care if I'm leaving the country for a year or, or you're we'll do it out abroad. of town. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're fine. We're going to do it the yeah. night before, as we always do. So, wait, Kevin, what was your situation you brought up? My ethical dilemma, if I'm remembering it correctly, was starting a movie with a friend. Yeah. And then we it, we stopped it midway through, and then I finished the movie by myself, but then they kind of got upset with me that uh, I finished it without them, even though they didn't say we need to finish it together. I see. So yeah. Okay. We discussed all the particulars of that. Yeah. Very good. Ooh, yeah. And I think it's interesting. I can't right? remember if we deemed you good or bad. Well, we'll have to, your, our yeah, listeners will have, have to, to tune listen. As you see it. Spoil. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin got punished do you do a twitter poll where the listeners say no they are bad or they're going to hell <laughs> you know we should we should we have on we sorry have, segment <laughs> i just can't get it out can't help that it. is good that is good we have someone we had someone that's gonna be on this week and it was the first time in the like reward or punishment they were like we don't i don't like that <laughs> the guests said they no They're, they didn't like our reward that they gave we gave them whoa they just said i don't like but you know because <laughs> Famously, no butt improv is one of the most <laughs> successful no, versions. No, I think, I, think, I think they were joking around, but we were pretty nervous because they were a little bit bigger than us, if you can imagine Because it. it was, was it Tim Cook from Apple? 
Yes. Oh yes, gosh. it's Chimka from Apple. Um, no, it, <laughs> what, it, it what was his ethical dilemma? What possible ethical dilemmas well, would the head of Apple I, have? To none. Ponder? Yeah, none. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we've had some interesting, interesting different guests mm. on. Well, people can check that out <laughs> yeah. wherever you get your podcast. Exactly. But you're not listening to that podcast right no, now. You're listening to good Christian stop. fun. So we have to talk about Christian stuff now. We have to ask you, Sterling, what your history is with faith and with religion and yeah. with G-O-D. Yeah. How were you raised with it? Yeah. So I went to church, Presbyterian. Nice. Um, I guess every Sunday, Sunday school, did the thing until maybe high school. Got, I think my weird one is that I got baptized late. I'm talking I could full-blown walk, talk. I was at least 10. Okay. okay. I was trying to get an age range from my mother before this podcast. Because <laughs> I was in my head, I was like, I was 13. She's like, I would never have done that. 13? And I was like, what, 10? I was like, that's not that much better. <laughs> now, that's not uncommon where I come from. In really? our denominations, yeah. yeah. I got baptized when I was 10. I was oh, baptized oh, in I'm like so my sorry. 20s. Yeah. Oh, I took so, the pictures. Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Wow. Well, I think there's like, I probably was also like baby baptized. Okay, yeah. I was doing the baby baptized. But yeah, were they like but put baby, a little but, water on yeah, your head? Yeah, all I was adding was water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but, why was yours late then if it was tradition to do it when you're like teeny tiny? Yeah. So my mom did not like the pastor at our church. Oh. And so she was waiting. She took a bated breath until a new pastor would come. Oh. And so <laughs> wow. once we got a new pastor, which was like a fun girly, then my mom was like, all right, time to shine. She Everyone was in the waiting pool. until the regime changed. <laughs> she was waiting for regime She was like, changes. I will yep. not let Sterling be baptized And my sister. We both did it kind of at the same time. Hands. We were just waiting. And I don't even think, I don't know. I, I'll have to check with her. That's like when Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell <laughs> said, we're not going to get married until gay people can yeah, get married. Exactly. Exactly until the next the regime change. <laughs> Didn't they say that? Yeah, they, like did. They, they did. Yeah. And I think that they did it ultimately. Brad and Angelina as well, but then they, they reneged on that. They did? <laughs> yeah, they did. But they, they lasted, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was all good in the there's end. There's a Harris Whittles joke I think about with that where he says, I'm not going to get married until gay people can get married because I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Wow. So a late okay. baptism, okay. 10 years old, humiliating. Yeah, humiliating because I was kind of giving wet dress, you know, like I was like, oh, gay. In a dress? Yeah, no. yeah. Oh, wait, what else would I have been in? <laughs> don't know. I think usually people wear t shirts. Yeah. Oh, well, no, Press actually had a really nice dress. Yeah, okay. <laughs> wait a second. What? Were you in like a tub? Did you have no, to go? No, or no, they no. I was just, just standing. Like, they poured water. I was just standing. Oh, yeah. This is rough. Oh, in front of everyone at my church. Getting splashed um, in the face yeah, on your splashed. dress. Did they give like a little bio before the dunk? Were they like, yeah, they Sterling asked me, comes do you have my Instagram brilliant. handle name or my regular? No, um, um, no, I don't think I got a bio. Okay. Unfortunately. Wow. I got a little bio. You my, did. My blurb was, Kevin's as nice of a, Kevin's as good a friend as he is a Nintendo 64 player. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So a gentleman named Tommy Hopper who baptized me, who was a very nice man. I was friends with his son, Jared. Were Aww. you like pretty good at Nintendo? <laughs> uh, I don't want to brag, but <laughs> I knew my slayed. way around GoldenEye. <laughs> 
in Mario Kart. That was your rep? Yoshi what, how old were you at the time? It must have been 10 or 11. Wow. Yeah, because it was like 2000, 2001. Rockin'. It was pre-9-11, I remember that. Oh, thank so, God. And that is important. Mm, I was posted. I, I wouldn't get baptized until <laughs> after 9-11 happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I took a stand. I'm not going to get baptized until 9-11 <laughs> happens. Wow, the courage. <laughs> okay, anyway. So we're back at church. Okay, so we're back You're at church. You're going as a child. Mm-hmm. You're like rolling with it. It's fine. It's fine. I'm definitely bored. bored. I'm definitely sort of drawing where I can. I'm definitely mm-hmm. at children's time. Children's time. Children's time midway through our service. I, I wasn't fucking there. <laughs> I was going to say children's hour, but I was like, it was not an hour. It was literally 10 minutes. I'd be like, please don't make me go up. Like Wrap I was really up. trying to just like sit with the adults. Um... Yeah, I was really quiet as a kid, so it was definitely, I was not interested in kind of being up in front of a group, and also, in my church, it was like, adults are laughing at the children, which is like, fun as an adult. As a kid, I was like, humiliation. Um, (laughs) You knew that you were a joke I was like, okay, we're being clowned just here at church. (laughs) We have to do a little show for you guys. Can I have any scrap of dignity, please? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So anyways, it was fine, but I went with my mom and my sister, and... um, and then I eventually got confirmed. So I went through a confirmation class. Did you like that experience or also were bored? Um, it's it was fine. <laughs> it was oh. fine. <laughs> I don't think I was bored. No, I wasn't bored. I think um, I just, I was, <laughs> I was ready to get through it. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. ready to get through it, get mm-hmm. confirmed. And then kind of the deal was then I could stop going. <laughs> oh, so you had and your then, eye on the prize <laughs> for your freedom. Yes. Yes. And then what really conveniently happened is I got a job Sunday morning, nice. specifically at the farmer's Where? market. At the farmer's market. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <sighs> and mom was okay with it. She oh, was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, she was like, I'm, she was just, I think, happy that I got confirmed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're safe. And now I just go, you know, for uh, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Easter. Sometimes. Labor Day, Easter's out. Flag Day, Fourth I love, of July. Okay, I randomly love going to like a like a Catholic mass on Easter. I've done that a lot when I was living in New York because oh. I have a lot of Catholic because of the friends. State of the Union nature of it. Everyone's <laughs> sitting up and standing down. All the I don't time, know. Or it was just interesting, I guess. Yeah. Except that when you you're not allowed to go up, then I feel really silly. Um, you know, our Catholic masses is kind of like the first flash mobs in a way. Yeah, they are the first. <laughs> I just need moms. I just need someone to agree with me now. <laughs> Flash mobs have been around for millennia. It's actually the early church, the book of Acts. <laughs> when that when yeah. they all started speaking tongues. Jesus that is getting frustrated with mob. the disciples. Okay, five, six, seven. No, we have to hide behind the fountain. She's coming. She's coming right now. Oh man. Do Dude. teenagers know what a flash mob is? That's Surely good, not. That's a good question. That's a great question. Do All right. They know if we have any parents I, of teens, ask them, do you know, know what, plankiness. what a flat? <gasps> that's a for sure no. But ask them if they yeah, know what a flash There's no is. way. Mm. It's been a while. I bet you, though, I feel like the prom proposal is still a big thing in high prom school. Proposals, yeah. yeah. And I bet you they're doing, someone must do a flash they're doing mob mobs. for that. Mm. I hope so. That's the only reason I think they would still want to know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> Just for promposals. Did you guys have a cool promposal? Ever or no. give one? Okay. I didn't go to my own senior prom. I went to someone else's senior prom mm. as a junior, but I was a freshman age, you so got I was invited. very young. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, 
Uh, and I left immediately after, not with her, but with someone else, oh. with a group of friends, not with a, okay. not with, but then then you have to. And I went home with a couple nice ladies. I was twelve years old. And I old. said, "Do you not play Super Smash Brothers?" I saw you watching me dance. <laughs> Watch these fingers dance. <laughs> uh, Doing the Cupid Shuffle on my Nintendo sixty four. Nice. But uh, okay, so what what did Faith become to you? Was it to you now? Mm-hmm. Ambivalence, agnosticism. Yeah, I would say now it's a little less present than it was in ninth grade because I don't have to Check go. Out. So yeah, I would say I would say non-existent mostly. I mm-hmm. would say in this last year, as I've moved to LA, I wanted to like get um, involved in the culture. So I would say the most I am spiritual is I have bought a couple crystals in the last year. Whoa. But I just say for fun, mostly for decoration. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> That counts. Okay, well, hang on, let me check. Hang on. Does that Crystals count? Yeah. count. Email um, Pope. It counts. Gmail. Okay, okay great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm getting a That's thumbs up it, from but Google. But I don't really think that, yeah, not, not too much going on. Mm-hmm. Except for, yeah. We'll check in with you in a few months and you're going to have a spiritual guide. You're going to be Do living people have by that the I don't know. I don't know anybody who does, but that seems like the next step. No, mm. here's why I think it is in 2023. Yeah. If I may. It is a fill-in-the-blank coach. Oh. That's what people are looking for. Yeah. Hi, my name is Anna. I'm an attachment theory coach. I work, like, whatever. These are are at least, this is my algorithm. Yeah. And it's like, are you accredited? Are you a doctor? (laughs) Do you have a degree? Well, I'm a coach. Coach, I feel like unless it has to do with an athletic sport. Is something to be wary of. I like I it. I feel like I miss having coaches in my life, I'm even though most of them were that insane. Kind of that coach. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're also more costly. I think right now <laughs> they're more than, costly than a sports coach, a career coach. You know, a, mm, a definitely pe- a yeah, pet coach. Life coaches are actually very coach. been coached. <laughs> <laughs> he could use a coach. Actually, by who? Yeah, I was like, has he been? <laughs> America these days, we have just a single par- pet parent with no coach in their lives. <laughs> You wonder yeah, why they gonna, have anxious attachment. No, Ronald Reagan was right. Shoelaces. I think that's why this country is bad now. Uh, goodness gracious. Well, Sterling, thanks so much for sharing your, oh, yeah. your, your story. Your histoire. Yeah. Your histoire. <laughs> your, your wet dress imagery. I your... know. It was, it was a very chill church. Yeah. So I think there's no like... Hey, crazy. no need to sound so defensive. I know, but I feel like whoa, I'm not bringing whoa. enough juice. That's okay. Know? We have a whole second half. You can really juice it there. Yeah. <laughs> And the revolution is the juice. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little 
uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into the topic. Just like they di- oh, they dove into the cove or whatever Pirates it was called. Cove. Pirates yeah. Cove. Yarr. In where? Because you know Southern California better I think than I do. Was, I think they said it was in Newport Beach Yeah, or I think sure. it was in Newport Beach. Because at one point, nice. they are evangelizing on that famous boardwalk that most of us would remember as the location for the banana stand from Rest of Development. Oh, mm. Balboa. Yes, okay. Balboa. Yeah, that's mm. Newport. I didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. Yes, I so Jesus Revolution, it came out, you know... As of recording this a couple days ago, it's doing Bafo B.O., baby. <laughs> it? It's actually doing okay. Because they didn't make it. These these movies are always at least a little bit profitable because they're not taking huge gambles on it. This was made for like $15 million. It's already Most made that budget, budget back. Yeah, I probably, <laughs> right? I get mean, Kelsey off his ass for less than I have a lot million. of Kelsey <laughs> questions, a lot of Kelsey Grammar questions, who stars as... Pastor Chuck Smith. This is all about a certain moment in time in Southern California, the um, kind of uprising. And I do want to call it an uprising mm-hmm. as if it's a riot or an insurrection. <laughs> the terrorist attack. Of Calvary Chapel and some of the figures involved in it, including real-life people Greg Laurie, Chuck Smith, and of course, not Ricky Badminton, but Lonnie Frisbee. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, real-life people. Um Sterling, what was your exposure, just this movie aside, to Christian pop culture at all? Any kind of Christian music, any kind of Mm. Christian movies or whatnot. What was your perception of it from the outside? Of wait for this just, one or oh no, any? just of any. Just I would any say very limited. Life. Limited. Yeah. I don't think I was really getting much. I I don't even think I. What was that dog movie that came out a few years ago? Wasn't there a Christian dog movie? No. <laughs> okay, never mind. Didn't a dog's purpose. Let me think on that. <laughs> Are you thinking of a dog's purpose? Yeah. Was that not Christian? It sounds like a god's purpose. Was it not? Or... It should be. It oh, should have okay. been. Wait. Well, <laughs> what's dog spelled backwards? Yeah. No, tell me. Tell me what's dog spelled backwards. God. It's God. <laughs> anyway, so I would say not much. Mysterious <laughs> yeah, not much. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately. So we're diving into fresh water. So the so question. I kind of, the kind of question, guessed the wrong movie that wasn't even. A- <laughs> the, the Wait, really, thing, that movie is not Christian? A Dog's Purpose or A Dog's we Purpose 2? We haven't seen too? it, no. so we don't know. Right, I'll be it's honest. Not. Maybe so, it is. All dogs when, go to heaven. Is that what you're thinking of? Because that's kind of you know. Like I actually own, I owned that one. I actually saw okay. that one. So is, does that count? So that was my 
Yes. Yeah, that, that was my, that was my culture. Mm-hmm. All dogs go to heaven. <laughs> Absolutely, we all can watch that growing up. I debated texting you before <laughs> you saw the movie to say, "By the way, this is a true story." Oh or, yeah, I, I which got of course that. became clear at least by the end. Yes, was it clear while watching the movie that, that these it was were a true story? IRL people, yeah. Um, I guess okay. So I guess the time period is what made me think, of mm-hmm. course, we're taking place in the 1970s. I would say the less, well, just to have a name like Lonnie Frisbee, I would have loved someone <laughs> to say that is real. <laughs> I would have yeah. loved, because when he comes on, no one ever talks about the name. Right, you're That's like, crazy, what? that's mm-hmm. a crazy name. I know I have a crazy name, so I shouldn't say anything, <laughs> but that's a wild one. So, and, and yeah, some some specific moments. And I did some research afterwards to see kind of what Go was on going now. on. See how much was real. She's doing the work. <laughs> and um, the I BS think there were certain C. things obviously left out of the movie. But yeah. Um, Don't uh, know what you mean. <laughs> but yes, I did know it was real. Or yes, a Time Magazine article, I guess. Yes. This is something, it's funny you say Lonnie Frisbee is kind of a bump when you when you see it in the movie and hear his name. There's so many movies now that are based on based on a true story, or this is like uh, we're gonna do a retelling, a historical fiction of it, basically. And there's so many weird specifics that they keep in just by virtue of the fact that it happened. That if it was totally fiction, you'd be like, "Wait, why is that <laughs> why are in we there?" This? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the last one we watched yeah. from these guys, American, American Underdog, Underdog. Yeah, where it's about. This fucking football player. That entire movie felt like that. Where it's like, it, it's a disjointed Wikipedia article that keeps vacillating between personal life and like career. Someone like goes to the hospital and then the next scene is like that person's house gets destroyed by, by a tornado. tornado. <laughs> so things like that, I'm like, I guess that happened. And that did happen. So, but yeah, it's so, so preposterous. Yes. So, and just for context, uh, John and Andy Irwin, the Irwin brothers, have quite a little filmography that we've covered the majority of Most at this of. point. Mm-hmm. And their bread and butter for at least the last four or five movies has have been, this is based on a real guy. This is a true story. We're going to tell you the true story. And then the result of which is sort of a hagiography hey, that resembles more of an infomercial or commercial for whatever that person's real life thing is. So I can only imagine it's a commercial for Mercy Me. I still believe Jeremy Camp, uh, American underdog, obviously. Yeah, it's almost always someone who's still alive, too. And that's what's troubling, too. And I think a giveaway, isn't it? <laughs> I think this is not an exclusive issue to Christian films, obviously, like faith-based entertainment. Anytime you're doing a biopic or movie about people who are still living, one, or two, have EP credit on the thing you're making. You're done. You're you know that you're watching a very formalized version of SpawnCon, essentially, because there's not going to be a fealty to anything other than like a very controlled, like famously Bohemian Rhapsody, that gem of a movie from a couple years ago. They were like, uh, you know, because the remaining members, besides Freddie Mercury, are still alive, and they would not let them use the rights unless they portrayed them and the band in the exact right way. You know, same thing with the Elton John Musical biopic, Rocket Man. So there's always that tension with any kind of movie like this, but especially for a faith-based entertainment where not only do you have to be faithful to, you know, oh, it really happened, so we have to do this, but then you're also carrying the water for a whole religion 
and a whole culture that you feel fealty to. So it's just like a lot yeah, of business too. And a business. Cause because essentially the Greg Laurie still has a business going on. Yes. Um, who was the other guy we just mentioned? Not underdog. Chuck Smith. No, <laughs> he's, is he Bonnie, still alive? Bonnie, no, he Smith died ten years ago. Okay. Yeah, but Greg Laurie, the yes. like young hippie, he's still alive. And wasn't this based on his book or no? Yes, I think so. And okay. he still does like this big concert event called the Harvest. Yeah, or does, just called Harvest. I don't he, know. He does karaoke. For a, well, he he has his own church, and he's then they do band. like conferences, yeah. and they do. But which is you know a huge thing still, and um. Wait, so who are the other people? Oh, yeah. Uh, I Can Only Imagine Guy. You Jeremy know, Camp, He's yeah. still putting out music. Jeremy Camp's still putting out music. You know, so like these people also, it is kind of a commercial still benefiting whatever product they're still selling as yeah. well. And it's like preemptive legacy maintenance when you're still alive because of the way yeah. people like <laughs> consume media that if if you have a passive relationship with it, something like this just becomes true. Yeah. If you just take it at face value, right? Like, and certainly there's probably historical facts that we've all experienced in movies or in television shows that just calcifies fact, even if it has no bearing or resemblance to it, just because that's that's what it is. So with some of this stuff, it is particularly egregious. And it's almost like a little more damning now that we have more access to more information than ever before. Whereas researching some of this stuff in the past would have been like, I don't know, am I going to go to a library and check out a book about the Jesus movement, the 1970s. I can just do like three Googles and be like, Uh-oh, okay, yeah. uh-huh. so let's see what's going on here. Fun casting, what if, with this movie too? Originally for the Chuck Smith role, Jim Gaffigan. Oh my God. Production Actually. was delayed by COVID. And when they resumed, they got Mr. Dr. Crane that himself. interesting. Yes. Jim. I think he's not a bad actor. He's certainly been good in other movies, and I think he's like a fine dramatic actor. Yeah, feels like this would be a little much for. <laughs> yeah, but he's also like famously Catholic. Maybe it's not that big of a deal for him, but I to think, portray I like think the check still an clears. evangelical <laughs> yeah. pastor. I, I don't. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Same deal. Yeah, but it would be a different. Just like why is he, why is he pushing people <laughs> down? It would have been so much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kelsey Grammer is good in this, though. I thought you know I was like, hey, he is Kelsey Grammer. He's acting. Yeah, and so, I'm watching. So and he's listening. <laughs> and he's listening. Do we love Frasier? Do we have any? Did, did we have a relationship Frasier. with Frasier growing up, or any sort of anything, mm-hmm. or Cheers at all? Because mm-hmm. both of those were huge cheers. for me. Not Cheers. Not Cheers. Yes, Frasier. Okay. I didn't even know che- Frasier was a spinoff until I like I met you. I think. <laughs> Whoa! It is one of my first ten fun facts to get to know me. I say to new friends, I'm like, at my baptism, my <laughs> bio was. He said I was pretty good in '64. Number two. Did you know Frasier is actually a spinoff? <laughs> and let me tell you the theme song. They tried again with Joey um, with friends, but it didn't anyway. work. Did you grow up watching Frasier at no, all? No. What's your I experience d- of Kelsey Grammer? I, I would say very, <laughs> limited. very limited. I don't want to be like this. My experience is, I think. I didn't even watch The Real Housewives. That's fine. But I was like, I think that woman's married to Kelsey Grammer. Wait, who is married to Kelsey? But Grammer? not anymore. They divorced. Oh, anymore. which what, who was it? Um, wait, am I wrong? He, no, no, no. no, no. I, you could be. I'm it not was questioning Camille. you. I just yeah. it was no. Camille Donatacci. But would I, he I've ever seen, be like, honest? Camille Grammer. Oh, okay. I don't know. 
know. <laughs> I've seen clips, obviously, of Frasier and stuff, but I, I don't even think, I don't want to be like, this watched okay. an episode fresh either. Fresh Kelsey. Well, yeah, I'm fresh Kelsey fresh experience. Kelsey. Guess the fuck what? You're getting more Frasier later this year. The <laughs> reboot is coming. The Paramount Plus. Is that it, true? That is 100% true. They're wow. shooting right now. And if if you're ready to see Niles again, well, he's not going to be in it. If you're ready to see Roz again, she's also not in it. Daphne, uh, no, she she Are couldn't make serious? it. Are you serious? It's going to be Frasier and his like son. Boo. Or something. Boo. Oh. Boo, 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 boo. Wanted this to happen so Powered bad. So, so it is happening. Obviously, okay. he's been historically very conservative and very Republican yep. himself. Right. One of these people that has like some sort of passing nominal relationship with Faith. It doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, in, in these movies that these guys in particular make, there's never incompetence on like a craft level or a technical level of like, geez, could they not afford a set or a real actor? Everything is always like has the veneer of competence, right? They're not like normal, like really Christian movies you may think of where like this dialogue let is there be so light. bad. Yeah, or like nothing makes sense or they're so heavy handed with the lesson, you know, like Irwin Brothers at least like make a movie. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Count on that. <laughs> So there's that, and there's competent perform uh, performances in this, but it's a, basically a dramatic retelling of what people call the Jesus movement, which is like, what if uh, Christianity, but hippies as well, and some of the true events of what happened in Southern California at Chuck Smith's Church Calvary Chapel, which we're weirdly like descendants of in a way. I went to a Calvary Chapel. You did, yeah, yeah from like what. Fifth grade all the way up through high school. Wow. So it was like a Calvary Chapel private school that had a church connected as well. But we didn't go to the services of the church. We, I just went to the school. But it was, let me tell you, it was plenty. <laughs> just <laughs> going to the school. You didn't need also the church. So I, I feel like I got a pretty solid, like, Calvary Chapel experience. I mean, it is a franchise. So there's certain branding you know, that they keep Franchise consistent. is such a good word for it, <laughs> it and is. for what it is. Yeah. yeah. And so they franchised all the way out to Murrieta, which is like inland kind of desert, California between here and San Diego. Um, so I feel like they probably didn't have a ton of oversight now that I think about it. But the pastor had like, he was a Hawaiian shirt, like cool, hot pastor guy. Um, had a gorgeous family. They all went to the school, you know. Um, so that that was I, I feel like I got a little bit of the Chuck experience. Yes. And and this uh the historical aspect of this, we can glaze over real quick, in that, you know, in the evangelical American church, the way that it is so dressed down and dressed casual now was a very much an overflow of the events depicted in the movie. It was Fuddy Daddy's being influenced by Yes, essentially hippies from Hate Ashbury and being like, well, what if you just did this and this is actually, and, and it and it's kind of also the origin story of like the commodification, uh, in particular of this religion of like, well, what if you did this but edgier? And then they show the band Love Song in the movie, which was a real life band. And by the way, there's always there's always that feature in all any of these movies that are like based on a true story of like, all right, fade to black. Guess what's coming next. You're gonna see some real photos. Oh yeah. And yeah. real video. I love of that. Of the part. real people. <laughs> I feel like this movie for its two hour runtime just had like blue balls to get there. Like they were so excited to like <laughs> actually he's real and and Greg Laurie still does these huge harvest conferences and look at all these souls they saved and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I think it's worth talking about uh with a little bit of depth, the 
portrayal and characterization of Lonnie Frisbee, who's also passed away, just like Chuck Smith. Greg Laurie, still alive and well, about to turn, I think, 70 years old later this year. But Lonnie Frisbee is sort of the inciting incident of change in this movie. And he's therefore, the magical character that comes and like makes everything yeah, happen. Yeah, he's the magical hippie who mm-hmm. like dips in, dips out, and you got, you got more <laughs> questions than you do answers by the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah. So a real-life man, there is actually a pretty good documentary. Did you get to watch it? I did watch it earlier today. It was like an hour long. It was like very cursory, but gave some context, which obviously is way more damning than the way that they portray him in this movie. Because the TLDR of this movie is like, Chuck Smith, Frazier's got a church. It's not doing hot. He's boring. Everyone's bored. There's not an attendance. His daughter picks up a hippie. In real life, it was her, his daughter's boyfriend yes. that picked him up and was, you know, the guy was actually hitchhiking. Brings him to the house. Frazier's like, I hate hippies and they have no place in the church. And then he's like, come on, man. What about love? I love Jesus too. Eventually wears him down. It's so funny how much of the conflict for the first half hour of the movie is like, I hate hippies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a culture war in that sense. And then there's a parallel story of this young man who's tripping out on LSD all the time, enjoying drugs, trying to take care of his mother who's in a bad state. A young man named Greg Laurie. Interesting. He's handsome. He's got a a beautiful girlfriend that he meets, a a young woman that he meets. Um, And then those eventually intersect, and it shows how Lonnie Frisbee, a sort of hippie evangelist, evangelical, his influence on Chuck Smith and his church, it blew up, and then all of the kind of tension. But then once that happens, I, it, it did kind of weirdly run out of story in some ways. Where yeah. like this, the central conflict, like you pointed out in our conversation, was like, all right, is Fraser going to love the hippies? And then he does. And it's like, everything's going well. And then they have some ideological tension. <laughs> yeah, and then here's sort of the administrative stuff we had to figure out later <laughs> yeah. on. Which is obviously so uh, <clears throat> reductively portrayed in the movie. It's like, uh, yeah, Lonnie was charismatic and Chuck didn't like it. Anyway, he left. Greg was deputized. Don't worry about it. And then, um, yeah, and then it kind of follows Greg's story as he like tries to plant some churches. At the end, Frazier literally hands him the keys to a church. He's <laughs> like, it's yours now. You're um, finally 18 years old. You're ready to <laughs> yeah. lead a church. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is funny, the wardrobe thing you're you're talking about, like the pastor of your church being oh, like yeah. Hawaiian shirted out. And there is like a shift where like, you know, Frazier's wearing these like stuffy 1962 era suits, baggy suits. And then he's just literally John Lassiter'd up. Lapels out. <laughs> by the end of it. Short sleeves, not Letters. a tie to be seen. Very cool. And then that's that's pretty much it. And it's a story about Chuck Smith didn't love hippies, but then he did. Greg Laurie did drugs, and then he fell in love with Jesus and became a great pastor. Lonnie Frisbee was really charismatic, but kind of weird and didn't do things right. And then he left, and don't don't worry about it. Uh, and then wh- the the hippie movement and the Jesus movement were rising in tandem. And the Jesus movement was like the good answer to the bad answer of the drugs to hippie movement. And there are scenes in the movie before some of these events take place of like Greg and his friends and his, and his girlfriend going to see Janis Joplin, Jackie Jormjor. Jackie at, Jormjor. At, <laughs> at some music festival. And the sort of um, MO and kind of logline, uh, I think, is... It, that they make explicit in the dialogue is 
well, they're looking for the right things, but in the wrong places. They're looking for transcendence. They're looking for blah, blah, blah. But they're doing drugs. But what if Jesus is the ultimate drug? And then that's like manifest in Lonnie Frisbee, who's like, I'm from San Francisco, which, you know, to this day makes most Christians go, you know, like the Babylonic sort of answer to like, what's a den of iniquity in Western civilization? And he's like, we were doing everything and everyone out there. In the end titles where they show the actual footage and the actual pictures of the actual people, um, they say when Chuck Smith passed away, they show Greg Laurie at his Harvest Conferences, which I called because I was texting you (laughs) (laughs) by myself at a daytime showing of it, as as you did yourself, Sterling. (laughs) Or no, you saw it with a pal. Yeah, I had a pal. Uh, Was she mad at you for making... You, her go? Yeah. You know, I think she enjoyed it more than me. <laughs> she was she was interested. Mostly she was embarrassed about me because I was laughing so hard the whole time. And <laughs> I, I wore a sweater, thank goodness, that um, had a real bag to it. I really was like up to my eyes in my own shirt because I was really trying to. She was watching respectfully. She was watching. And then she was she was really horrid. The other people in the theater would get mad, which I understand. But there was only five of us in the theater. There was only five in my theater as well. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. One o'clock on a Monday afternoon. How many were in your theater, Carolyn? I was at an eleven twenty <laughs> Sunday showing. But actually, that makes sense of why it was, all these people are probably at church. But anyway, there was like a family. Yeah, there was a smattering, maybe like 10 people there. Because I checked the 345 at that same theater that you went to, and it was almost full. Wow. So really, I think it truly was a church. That's, that's so funny. Especially in that part of town. Yeah. But... uh Yes, and I also I had a mask on in my showing, which did stifle some laughter. What really, what really got you about this movie? <laughs> I think it it made me feel so cringy, mm-hmm. and when I feel that way, I'm like, <laughs> you gotta let it out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, there were just so many lines and um, that um, that were hard to swallow. Mm-hmm. For me. I can't imagine what those were, but I do remember <laughs> live texting Caroline throughout my journey because she had already seen it. <laughs> and the part where uh, Lonnie says to Frazier, uh, Chuck, you're going to need a bigger church. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Oof. I think Dexter just rolled his yeah. eyes. He's like, oh boy. Wait, speaking of masks really quick. Sure. Did you guys clock the mask line in this movie? Yes, Queen. Okay. I wrote it down. Okay, I wrote it down too. Because yeah. I was like, maybe I'm... Looking into this too much, but I was like, "Is, this, said, an, is this anti-mask it rhetoric?" Felt a little pointed. Yeah, yeah when it felt was little, that? It wasn't like it was, about it was COVID masks, but it was like no masks here. Or yeah, something, yeah, right. It was at the music festival that the kids go to in the beginning, right? And there's a man who I don't even think is like a, an evangelist or a pastor or Christian per se. He's just talking about like it's like in my memory, it's generic free love pablum, mm-hmm. and he's just talking about like. Here we we don't believe you know it's like letting your guard down no masks yeah but it's just like it was like very it was like be yourself and no masks and no and like, masks hey, wait what? wait what I would say that yeah specific it, yeah very odd and yes raises perhaps more so, questions so you in the theater wearing your mask you were a little I was wait <laughs> let me see if I can find the the clip for it. There is an entire generation right now searching for Lonnie God. Frisbee. Everyone is accepted here. This is the guy. We love each other freely. Really? And without discrimination. No mess. There are no facades. There it is. 
No lies. No masks. <laughs> Just a relentless pursuit of the truth. Free perfect church. <laughs> it, it does feel a little sh- perhaps shoehorned in. <laughs> I, I do question some of the, yes, the purpose of that. This this movie also very much suffers from uh, every other like Irwin Brothers or Christian movie we've watched where it's the main character, the centering of the movie is always on the least interesting person in the movie by a landslide. Like Greg is not interesting to me at all. And yet we spend so much time with Greg and his mom and that family thing. And then him and his sweet blonde Christian girlfriend and like her family and her sister and all of that. And I know like to them, that's very important and that's totally fine. But it's like, obviously anybody else writing this movie would have made this movie about Lonnie Frisbee. Literally, you know, like even Chuck is not that interesting at the end of the day. Like he's a pastor who didn't change his beliefs at all. He just like accepted a certain (laughs) aesthetic into his door, which is like not hard to do, you know, especially when it's to commercial ends. Yeah, it's not because the way no sacrifice he had to make truly like he no, lost those, those one four old guys <laughs> left yeah. and then he and then like oh them. no he won the validation of like his daughter and all of people in his church crew you know like he had an awesome time like that his hero's journey of whatever he had to get through to get to the other side <laughs> not interesting not wow. not worth the the movie Lonnie is the movie but Lonnie cannot be the movie Lonnie cannot be the movie. Yes. One of the in uh, credits titles when they're giving the real life synopses of what happened to the men is Lonnie Smith passed away at 43. And that's how it's stated <laughs> in the title card. And he uh, focused on personal evangelism. Actually, I, I should pull it up so I'm not misquoting it. But but it's a very pat like. Uh, yeah, passive. He, and they were like, and they mended things. Yeah, and they like kept preaching the word of God yeah. to the end of his life or something. Yes, it it was it was something of that ilk. Okay, the bootleg copy I have does not have that tower card, unfortunately. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it does. It, it might as well have said, Lonnie Smith passed away at age forty three naturally in his sleep of natural causes. <laughs> with his wife, like all, we have <laughs> with, with his, his wife. hot they straight wife sex, that he had sex, sex with. <laughs> <laughs> The truth of it is that, like, Lonnie Smith, in all of this history is so complicated and convoluted, even his own account of it, Lonnie's own account of it, he was queer. And he w- it was a sort of open secret. He told people often, "Yes, I am a gay man. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it. Yes. And, and uh, his presentation of it at the time is like, it's something I'm struggling with. Right. And it's something that, you he, know. He said he thought it was a sin, that mm-hmm. it was wrong. Mm-hmm. But well, it was also known that he was like going out on Saturday night, hitting the scene, and then coming on Sunday and preaching during this period. Yes. Even though like the more prominent knowledge of that was a little bit after this period, it was still a part of the text of like the the time frame portrayed in the movie. And the Irwin brothers, of course, spend scenes and scenes kind of unpacking that. There's a lot of like really, you know how like some of the best writing you've ever read makes you empathize with both perspectives and see everything from everyone's position. Yeah. And intersect they're the intersectional Irwins. That's what we call them. <laughs> the <laughs> the I.E. <laughs> intersectional. 
Of course, this part of the movie is completely sanitized. There's no mention of it. There's no reference to it. And even in his death, it's like, "Eh, he died. Anyway. The, other, it, the other bizarre thing is they bring in Lonnie's what Lonnie and Connie, which I thought was funny. <laughs> that, but they brought in his wife, Connie. Like she has a lot of scenes, a lot of lines in it. And they obviously had a bit of a troubled marriage and not very good. And there were some accounts that like Connie even came to Chuck and was like, what do I do about this guy I'm married to? And Chuck said. And Chuck said, well, the... The his relationship with God comes first, his re, his ministry comes second, and you come third. So basically, like suck it up, yeah, and deal with it, yeah. Wow. And, that, and in the movie, <laughs> he's like, "I'm so sorry. We're going to talk to Vladi about this, and like, let's get you two on the right track." This and they is, divorced, I think, as well, didn't they? They they did divorce. She's interviewed in the documentary about him that came out in 2005. She has an account of when he did pass away in. I want to say 1993. Um, at the funeral, Chuck Smith was the last person to give a eulogy, eulogize him. And uh, I'm going to get some of this wrong, but it's a paraphrase. His eulogy was basically he compared him to Samson, which is like, you know, he did great things, but he had a fatal flaw. Um, and that, like, it's sad that he didn't ever reach his fullest potential. And Connie's account of it, from her perspective in the documentary, is like, this was like shameful. I was so pissed mm-hmm. at this person for like getting in like what feels like a very cruel final blow and kind of last word about it. And all the accounts too at the end are like, actually, yeah, we all like really reconciled at the end. And there was a lot of like grace mm-hmm. and forgiveness for Lonnie at it and as deathbed. And, and he was saying sorry to everybody. And he was really right with Jesus. And I think there's like, uh, even in the press for this movie, there's a streak of self-congratulations for the people involved of even including him at all. Because for a lot of the narrative of this thing, he was erased. It was just like some kid, like when pastors and theologians would write books about this time, it was just like, and then there were some hippies that did some stuff and they wouldn't mention him by name. So I think the filmmakers and especially Greg Laurie in some of these interviews I was watching, they're like, yeah, we didn't have to include him, but it really did happen. And Greg Laurie will weirdly talk about the AIDS part of it in some of the interviews and give the sanitized, like, yeah, he struggled because, like, to be clear, Greg Laurie's anti-queer. They're a forced birth affirming church, very anti-choice. Like, it, it's not it's not the, the people you want in your corner, but it's very, not only, like, the legacy maintenance stuff of, like, make sure Greg's, like, a really handsome boy that does a little drugs and some... Sick ass cartoons <laughs> about evangelizing. We're show at least seven cartoons. <laughs> They're so cool. They're so good. <laughs> they must be real because the cutaways, because young Greg Laurie illustrates so many cartoons about like, what if we evangelize this way? And Chuck Smith's like, oh, I think this is a good way. Let's you do it. Who invented and, this? Yeah. Like he invents chick tracks, yeah, essentially. Exactly. Big, big uh, week in the news for problematic cartoonists, I guess. Oh, yeah. Wait, so you were saying. They were talking about like, oh, isn't it? Oh, oh, Greg talked about AIDS and like, and like Lonnie dying from AIDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, I guess to say like, if it's a real bummer to me that that can be, even in it's like very sanitized way in interviews, a text of an interview, that's not the text of the movie. In the movie, what's portrayed is like Chuck 
after he accepts the hippies and everything's a okay for him. Yeah. Except for like one or two months of like, am I great? No, I am great. You know? <laughs> Keep uh, on crushing it, Chuck. But, but but then the the divide and the sort of conflict that's portrayed between them is real in that Lonnie was way more uh, you know, what people might call woo-woo, which is like charismatic mm-hmm. in his profession of faith and his ministry. And charismatic Doing live healing in the yeah. service, live healings, stuff. pushing yeah. people down, laying hands. It's yeah. someone blind here. Okay, you're, you're healed of your blindness and that stuff. And Chuck's thing was like, no, let's just preach about love. Like God is love, so let's do that. And he's like, no, I gotta save some people. And what was so interesting watching the movie for the first time before uh, literally like doing one Google search is like, oh, it's interesting that maybe this won't be a hundred percent hagiographic sanitized, completely forgiving portrayal of events. Like, oh, they're they're portraying some tension between mm. this guy and his wife. Or like, oh, maybe he was getting out, you know, over his skis with the way that he was ministering. But then you look back on it, and then the sum total of the movie, it's just like, yeah, that gay guy that died of AIDS that we kind of ostracized from the ministry and shamed at his funeral, he was weird back then. We did our jobs after we figured out what was right, and it was you know yeah. smooth sailing ahead. He he actually was the one who had an ego trip, yes. and was out of control. It's it's like when I think about what they were, <laughs> the gargantuan effort of co opting the youth culture and the hippie culture, essentially using Lonnie when it came down to it, mm-hmm. letting him bring all of his friends in, mm-hmm. letting him be the cool face of this church, telling them it was okay, basically masking the fact that this is still a very conservative church. It is nowhere near the progressive politics of actual hippies, not anywhere near the the racial politics or the women's liberation that was yeah. going on. You could come to this cool hippie church. You will not see a, a woman pastor. You probably won't see a black person in leadership at this church at all either. That doesn't matter. And uh, like the idea that they are, I don't know, like moving forward and then like Lonnie is kind of in the way. The the church, what they did was like they actually did better than what a lot of spiritual communities were doing at the time. Like it's not special that this church exploded at this time. This was a generation that was like unusually open to lots of spiritual things. There were also giant cults going on at the time, you know, with like huge numbers, you know. So like your data doesn't impress me, Chuck or, or Greg. Like it really doesn't matter. Because that don't impress me, kids Chuck. Kids weren't going to come to kind of anything. What they did succeed and what they did have that maybe other faith communities couldn't was like they were ready to turn it into a business. And they were they had like the administration ready to go and they like were ready to do their branding and their marketing and they got a good logo and they like had regular services and they were basically ready to like put all this structure in place to make it institutionalized. So we have this vibe, we have this look, but we won't like fall apart because of infighting and whatever. But Lonnie had to be sacrificed for that because Lonnie was loose and was unstructured and was like living in a commune and whatever. And if Lonnie did run this church, it probably would eventually just kind of petered out like all the other utopias and like communes and things that were going on at that time. So it was like Lonnie had to be taken, used, and then pushed out because they couldn't keep Lonnie on a schedule the way they could with a Greg or with whatever other mm-hmm. young men they found to be the pastors at the time. So that's the, ex- 
the success of Calvary Chapel. <laughs> well, you yeah, know, it's, it's not a that, branding like, trend. God anointed them, especially. Yeah, yeah, they were like just good at running an organization mm-hmm. for yeah. a long time. And you know, those Owen Bros love entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> they love a maverick. They love someone with a business <laughs> Do plan. Do you feel like they cast Lonnie older because of any particular reason? So the man, the gentleman who portrays him in the movie, a guy named Jonathan Romy, <laughs> I want to say, he's a working actor. Uh, a good Did lo- you think? Oh, <laughs> Sh- sure, whatever. Lonnie uh, didn't do it for you. One of really, his- no one was doing it for me in this movie. I'll be honest. Brazier Pastor Greg, didn't do it for Greg, you. Greg, disgusting. I was not interested. In uh, Greg, if he had better hair, that would work. <sighs> uh, that gentleman's most prominent role before Lonnie Frisbee was. Jesus Christ <laughs> in a TV show oh. called The Chosen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I believe was that back was in it. some of the, yes. Some he was of playing the someone hair. twice his age, or he was twice the age of the character. Yeah. Yeah. So Lonnie just, was I just pretty young, I, right? I think in real, but he obviously looks older. He doesn't look like he's 20, mm-hmm. 22 no, in the movie. I just like wonder if that was any like on the back end of like, how do we make him, do we make him look older to see him? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, is, in there a way, like a, is there a marketing strategy in having that actor be older, way older than I think, he was? Yeah, now that you're saying it, like it does make it seem more legitimate, probably, that Chuck was partnering with this guy and like kind of letting him take the reins. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, but we were both, you know, pastors in a way, <laughs> you know, not like, oh, I found this teenager yeah. and kind of like molded him to do what we needed him to because- do. Because... At the time that the movie's portraying, Frisbee would have been 19 years old. Wow. He would have been a kid. He would have Gracious. been still technically a, a teenager. A kid and married. 19. Yeah, oh, I mean, but that's a child all groom. Fucking Greg Laurie <laughs> got married to his wife at 19. They all yeah. did. Yeah. They love it. There was also, I was sending you, I don't, I don't know if either of you have seen it yet, but there's a lot of, there's big Fableman's energy in this movie mm. for whatever reason, Completely coincidental, I'm sure. But Greg Laurie's mom is like, she's giving Mitzi Fableman a sort of Daffy Dame broad that a son who's always pointing an eight millimeter camera yeah. at the world around him. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's ca- up with that camera thing he I was always don't doing? No, it, it was, it was weirdly <laughs> Fableman esque. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was giving Fableman. I know. Kimberly Williams Paisley, who Caroline we've seen in the. Film adaptation of the Christmas shoes. Oh, <laughs> Her yeah. and Rob Lowe. She was Father of the Bride star. Father of the Bride star. That's and of great. course, according to Jim on ABC, the Jim Belushi sitcom from oh. the 1990s. And? Okay. Wait, is this the is this the mom? This is yeah. And Nashville. That's what I knew her from. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good gig. But yes, I think this is these are the pitfalls of needing to serve so many masters and like a in a storytelling situation because you have to be precious about Greg Laurie, obviously, because he's got Final Cut ostensibly on the movie. He's bankrolling <laughs> yeah. part of it. You have to be precious about Chuck Smith. You can do whatever the fuck you want with Lonnie. And in some ways, I think some, the portrayal of him is of a similar respect given to him at his eulogy and mm. at his funeral, which is like, well, he this chaotic weird hippie was a little spark that lit the flame that then we stewarded and shepherded in all of our wisdom but we're gonna we're gonna tell you what he was actually like because he leaves in the movie and he just says like i gotta go to florida to work on my marriage on my marriage yeah and like it it implies too that like 
he his ego was too big to work with Chuck and like right. he wanted the attention back now that Chuck was doing most of the leading and he was doing impromptu healings and like being awkward and interrupting the service and stuff like that, which might have really happened. What but again, also- I, I'm guessing wasn't 100% of the reason <laughs> Lonnie had to go. So, some more interesting like comparisons to real life fact. Uh, he did return four years later and became associate pastor briefly. Really? At Calvary Chapel. Yeah. And then he split off and went to another church and started the Vineyard Movement. Also, <laughs> Chuck Smith, Smith himself didn't have like a, a flawless eschatology with some of this <laughs> stuff. The controversy section of his Wikipedia article is very fun. He was very convinced that the world was going to end by 1980. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. And he said he identified that he could be wrong, but he continued the same sentence. It's a deep conviction in my heart, and all my plans are predicated <laughs> upon that belief. Wow. Calvary Chapel held a New Year's Eve service in 1981 for their followers to wait for the end to occur in accordance with Smith's prediction. With the world oh failed to gosh. end, many disillusioned followers left the Calvary it's Chapel. So movement. funny. Don't promise a Y2K if you don't got it. You've got to deliver. you yeah. got to deliver. <laughs> you, you know, that ultimatum, it's so exciting. It can really get people... Baptized. Baptized. <laughs> yeah. Baptisms are going to be through the roof. People of all ages, even ancient 10-year-olds, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. will come to the front. There's but, a uh, shit ton of sexual as deliver. well as financial improprieties within Calvary Chapel. He removed really? his own... Yes, he removed his own son, Chuck Smith Jr., from the ministry for differences of theological perspective. I was reading about this. His yes. son, like kind of broke off and started a whole new church network. He Kendall Royd. He did. He Kendall Royd. And his was, I couldn't even really figure out like what the difference was that what he was trying to do. That was so. Exactly. He Kendall Royd. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. That they had to kick him out. The weird thing was like going to Calvary Chapel. I had no idea it had any roots in a kind of a hippie culture at all. It was very, very suburban, very chill, very cool. Like, conservative but not like your fire and brimstone or whatever we were definitely taught that like the end times were real and they were going to happen but it wasn't a hundred percent the story but, but there's an asterisk <laughs> i could be wrong but until then please go to work at our church <laughs> you need to get a job it's so funny also this movie is such a funny example to me of how the overton window has shifted so much just generally culturally as far as what is um tenable to depict in faith-based entertainment and then just entertainment generally, especially as it pertains to drugs. Because the idea of a faith-based entertainment showing their heroes and real-life people dropping acid or getting high. even Having a good the, time. Even too. in the most Disney <laughs> Channel version of it now, or that that's in the movie, they would have gone to jail for that, you know, in the, in the evangelical world. So it's funny that those things... And we saw even like a little bit of that uh, on the spectrum of sexuality with Redeeming Love last year, where it's like you get a little faith-based side boob in some of those sex scenes. Yes. Like, okay, I guess we can do this now. <laughs> well, even like the beginning, Greg is going to a, a military school, I guess, mm-hmm. and like his teacher is portrayed to be kind of this like yelling buffoon talking about how communism is going to spread unless we go to Vietnam and like stop it. And Greg, like, laughs and is like, whatever, teach, you know, and leaves. <laughs> and even that, you know, feels, like, kind of fresh t- to me. That sure. they would be like, well, Vietnam was dumb, and obviously 
domino theory is ridiculous or whatever. And then there's an insert shot of him doodling on his pad, drawing just huge knockers <laughs> on a stick figure. Pre-salvation. <laughs> cool. pre, pre Greg was cool. But, but something that was uh, evident in the text of that other Frisbee documentary is that so many of, so much of the spiritual transcendence was not an antidote to drugs of like, no, replace it with Jesus. It was an overflow. Like mm-hmm. people got high and quote unquote got saved. Like it yeah. was like, you want to trip with me in the desert and read the Bible? Like there's so many anecdotes like mm. that. That was the other thing too, that I was like, I I don't think you guys are wise in, in taking so much credit for all the people you saved, you know? Because again, people were doing a lot of stuff in the <laughs> 70s. Like they were very open to it. Whatever you were going to give them, they were going to be like, let's do that. And it would be a lot more illustrative if you were like, and then they all stayed in the church for 50 years after, you know, or like they, they then converted. It was just kind of like, and honestly, I felt like it was, um, giving it away. Then they showed that concert where the guy is, you know, doing his own sermon about like tune in and drop out and like mm-hmm. embrace the divine and whatever. Yeah. And you see how popular that was as well. And just as like exciting and, and worth it to all of those mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. as what Chuck and Lonnie were yeah. serving at their tent, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Chuck and Lonnie were serving. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ooh, that was kind of a bad idea to like portray this as just as popular, if not more Oops. so. Yeah, no. And it gives away. I think so. What was going on. Um. Yeah, there's so many questions I have about the movie too and just like I, <laughs> the the mom stuff of it all was yeah. very baffling to have to watch that in hindsight for so long I wonder why why was there so much mom he probably it's literally because the real life guy who's still alive was like well that was my, my story mother. yeah like <laughs> it, you know the same reason I'm watching okay. the Fablemans I'm like why am I watching this lady <laughs> dancing with her hoo-ha out in the headlights it's like <laughs> Steven Spielberg's like, it happened to my mom. (laughs) It's the same. That's what I'm saying. I just was like, I don't know. I don't know. Him being like, I'm an orphan. I'm like, you're not. You're not. Also, find your dad. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? She was an orphan. Find your dad. She was like, (laughs) we left. No, I guess spoiler alert. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And she was like, he's still out there. He's still out there. Kathy. Kathy. And then he leans even further into being like, I have no one. She just revealed. Well, he was 17. <laughs> yeah, but and I just kind of like. Mm. And I also was like, I'm I was surprised that he didn't ever help his mother. Like he was big on Christian. Yeah. And he never No, 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 no. No, you're wrong. He did because when? at the end, he goes into the trailer and goes, Fly me to okay. the <laughs> yes, yes, that was the point. He helps his mom. And put out a cigarette play. too. So he was Planks? the best. Oh yeah, that was the part I started laughing when they were doing Frank Sinatra. <laughs> I was like Cause cause Greg Laurie's mom is like, honey, sing to me. What uh, does she call him? Gervert? Yeah, Gerby. I don't know. Yeah, don't don't ever call me that. Was was unclear. What is this from? We don't even know what's it from. (laughs) Also, I'd love him to get teased. Sure. I mean, like if you him up, if you hate that nickname so much, let's see him get teased about it. Like, why does he hate that nickname (laughs) that we don't even know the origin of? There was giving me a lot of blanks with the family. No feeling, but they stayed on it a long time. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing with like his girlfriend's family. In hindsight, I'm like, what was that for? Yeah. 
we spent so much time with Dodie. I think it was like, <laughs> I think it was like, I'm an underdog because uh, my wife's dad briefly was mad at me. And I was literally a teenager. Yes. I wonder why yeah. <laughs> he didn't think I should marry his daughter. Yeah. Oh, a penniless loser whose cartoon <laughs> Suck. <laughs> yes, By suck. all means, get on one knee. He's volunteering at church. I've seen this story before. <laughs> that was also so funny that they show him like getting up to preach at this church at again seventeen years old, mm-hmm. and he's so great. And the kids are just eating it up. They're loving. It. <laughs> he's just crushing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait, real quick question about that one because sure. I don't know a thing about religion, but. Was that not a Catholic church? That man was wearing this little I, thing. I don't know. It might have been Anglican <laughs> they were or something like that. <laughs> okay. Because I was <laughs> like, just I feel like anybody. that's a different, different kind. It definitely was a different denomination, like but it might have still been Protestant. You think? You think? Okay. Some Protestant churches, they, they have, that? have that going on. But don't ask me to explain <laughs> Any further? <laughs> when, he, when he got up there, I was like, going. I don't know. Don't use your phone. Uh, <laughs> they're looking out real quick. <laughs> use your nose. It's so funny to hear the uh, in this cursed Babylon B interview that I listened to. I have to delete from my history so the algorithm does not get the wrong idea. <laughs> hey, Mr. B lover. <laughs> fresh crop of cool hey, you like other white supremacist you. organizations? <laughs> Here you go. Trans people. Um... He talked, they talked about like, you know, in some of our past movies, we put things in there where it's like, you know, we wanted to be honest, but we thought, oh, maybe the audience will like this. And in this movie, it was the first time we felt that we were 100% honest. honest. And everything we were saying in the movie is something that we wanted to say, which is, if that's true, is sad. sad. (laughs) sad. I'm sure it was Greg's version of honesty. That's, yeah, that's the whole thing. Oh, but the thing I was going to say was like him going out and becoming a pastor. You, we literally saw Greg's life. Greg had fewer qualifications than I think Lonnie Frisbee. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Than you do. Yeah, yeah, I barely know a thing, but they said, they sent me out there. (laughs) They were like, she can talk to the youth for once. And it's just like, it's so crazy to me that these very prominent pastors and leaders will just like show their ass and be like, isn't it a great ass? <laughs> yeah. like, Wait, yeah. but you didn't, you didn't know what you were doing and you clearly just wanted validation and you just showed us that. Yeah. And You're- then we're like, isn't that proof? <laughs> and it, it wasn't, we don't know what we're doing in like a, um, like fake it till you make it. It's like, I just kept being like, he needs to go to school for this. <laughs> he needs to like, finish I, high school. He, just, he did not <laughs> like, graduate. There was never even a Sunday school scene. I'm like, where is he learning anything <laughs> about the Bible? He's going to get up at that up. podium and be like, look at the dog that I drew surfing saying, hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. People are like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, they're like crying tears. It's just like a TED talk of his shitty cartoons. Yeah, yeah just unbelievable like the last even like chuck i think had been doing the work at yeah. some point you yeah know. it seemed can i tell you the part that the only part that really moved me and sure. i thought was quite lovely was the oh, i bet i can i can i guess it before no you i'm say just it? gonna say it okay. so <laughs> the uh the the old footy duddies at chuck, chuck's church are like these hippies they're coming in and they're they're just dirty or whatever and chuck is like so i don't care i'm cool chuck now and they're like they're ruining the shag carpet and he's like, the carpet? 
that's what you care about. And so then the next scene is you see all of the hippies like on a long Frazier line. decides to get his <laughs> Quentin Tarantino line. Tarantino moment. But I thought it was really sweet. And he's watch, washing the feet of each person coming into the church because they're all barefoot, of course, one by one. And he's doing it with like a lot of love and care. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. And foot washing ceremonies can be a little... Performative, perhaps? A little, a little performative, sure. <laughs> for sure. But this one was like, literally, maybe they needed their feet washed. And it was humbling, and I thought it was nice. I, I thought it was lovely, too. And I'm sure it was a great day on set for those extras who were like, oh, my God, <laughs> Frazier gets to Healthy wash my grammar, feet today. To look up my crotch. <laughs> the guy I kind of know because his wife was weird on reality yeah. TV. <laughs> We finally get to talk to him about his wife. <laughs> and he's played one character for going on 40 years as of this summer. And speaking of which, that leads us to our next segment on the subject of segments. And it's a segment we're calling Frage the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> now... We all know that Dr. Fraser Crane isn't a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ, but this segment presupposes, what if he was? So on Fraser the Lord, we're going to share quips, quotes, and bon mots from a fictional universe in which Fraser is Christian. Caroline, I am going to text you the quotes. We have five. I mean, do we know for a fact that Fraser isn't Christian? No, we don't. Hmm. No, but Does he we ever proclaim atheism. Hopefully, <laughs> that's what the reboot is about. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, that's well, cool. my brother won't speak to me anymore. <laughs> Ros won't speak to me anymore. Death, maybe I'm the problem, and I need to get my life together. I need to re rebuild my relationships. So, Caroline, if you could for each of these, uh, I'll read Frazier. Okay, and you read. Niles. Okay. And th this is a cold read for This for is us. cold. And so, forgive my Niles accent. I don't know if I have one. We'll see. Okay. So this is a fictional universe in which Frasier is a Christian. Niles, don't you see? You must submit to the holy <laughs> scriptures. Fraser, the only holy thing I'm concerned with is the Swiss cheese I'm pairing with my Chardonnay. So did Chat GPT help you with these? No. These are these are originals. These are all 100 wow. P KTP. It's a KTP. Okay. okay. Keep going. Okay. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> Niles. Oh, I'm not. I'm sorry. Yeah. Fraser, do you believe in transubstantiation, the theological concept in which communion transforms into the actual flesh and blood of Christ? I don't believe I do, Niles. The last wine I had at mess was completely lacking in body. <laughs> Sterling, you have material now for your <laughs> podcast. Of, what would you do if you were in a podcast situation? You had to watch these two hosts. Well, you can give us notes Absolutely after each one. shit like, on the name of comedy. And I said nothing. <laughs> and I let them good. do this it. Should I stop them? No. First they came for Frasier and I said nothing. <laughs> All right, number three. All right. Fraser, can you tell me more about the resurrection? I'm afraid I can't, Niles. Roz is my colleague, and it only happened one time. The resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> I got there. <laughs> okay, in this one, you're not Niles, but you're Martin, Martin. Fraser's dad. 
Frazier, why'd you drag me here to Cafe Nervosa for a Bible study? Dad, I had to complete the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Roast. (laughs) Rough. (laughs) I like the music. (laughs) We should do that for more things right after we say (laughs) that. It makes them feel classy. Oh, look at Dexter's little student. He's reading. He's reading. (laughs) He's reading your notes. Okay. And then here's our last one. Here we go. Niles, you need to accept Christ into your heart. I don't want you to go to the place where there is only weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, you mean Thanksgiving with Maris? Hey! (laughs) Oh, a little (laughs) holiday one. (laughs) And that was Phrase the Lord. A little preview. We got a little, (laughs) uh, a leaked script. Of the reboot. Of the reboot, in which he has to become a Christian to save his relationships with all the cast members that probably no longer speak to him. Anything else we want to say about this movie before we wrap up the combo? Anything else in your notes, Sterling? We didn't cover your heart. You You took notes. Did you take notes notes during the movie? No, I did it after. Wow. Um, She's doing the work. Let's see. I have giving the dare program. I have (laughs) (laughs) scary drugs. Uh Um, Which, ironically, it made me mad that I didn't have a little five milligram gummy before seeing it. I wish I had. Would have been cool. Sincerely. Let's see. I had questions about money. I'd love to track the money. How did Kelsey Grammer have so much money to buy all those things, rent houses? Oh, he bought the church. Bought the church. Yeah. And also because, I don't want to be like this, it seems like those people are not donating. Uh, it's service. If anything, if the money is slowing the other yeah, way. Yeah, so I had some questions on that. Great question. Mostly, <laughs> mostly, you know what I didn't love? I didn't think they portrayed women that well in this movie. That was really what got, no. (laughs) I mean, um, yeah, it was a lot of starry-eyed women and a lot of um, conservative male hero dad vibe. And um, yeah. (laughs) I know, speaking of our main character, it was like, I think it would be interesting to see what the wives of these guys had to deal with. Uh, in kind of a honk for Jesus, save your soul <laughs> yeah, sure. situation. There was a movie that was like kind of talking about a marriage, but I really think it's interesting. Like Connie and her life and like what she had to square with on a daily basis, whatever her spiritual journey with, and then yeah. seeing her, oh, yeah. like she knows what's going on with Lonnie and then seeing him get up there with like Pastor Chuck every day and just having to be like, this is fine. You know, that's fascinating. But yeah. no, she is sidelined as like, let me get you a snack. Yeah, all <laughs> like the wives are just starry-eyed. And mm-hmm. even sort of, I don't want to be like this, Kath, a little, she takes him back instantly. Kath yes. is, uh, what'd you call her? Manic pixie oh, Christian girl. She, no, she's just like perfect blonde girl. Yeah, I mean, she had it's really beautiful hair. That was a big a selling Wonderful point. hair. And they did do a classic thing. They're like, well, meet us later. We'll pick you up. And they don't ever give an address. <laughs> but I guess that's how they had to find him at school. Oh, okay, and then my last sticking point. I know you said you loved Kelsey Grammer's acting. Uh huh. That's okay. Uh, I okay. And this is he, like a hill. Caroline will die. Okay. On. Yeah. What did you feel when they were playing? When band was playing in the living room. Uh huh. In his home. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I took photos of and this. Yeah, I also <laughs> took photos <laughs> of this part. He started. I'm a girl that I can cry pretty quick. Even he this cried part. so quickly, <laughs> sobbing. Happy sobbing at the band. We both have the same photo. <laughs> that is that we so like different. funny. 
that uh, I uh, that I was he was dying. tearing up so Mercy. much. He was so, so happy, quick. so happy. He was in a reverie in that moment. I was moment. like, I, maybe I don't enjoy music. He enough couldn't that believe I'm not his constantly ears. sobbing. Right now, he he does in understand happiness. music in a special, different way that, than most the, humans. That living room one. Well, he's a musician. <laughs> he sang "Tossed Salad" and "Scrambled Eggs." So because all they're doing is like, "God is one of us," you know, or whatever. <laughs> he's, he's like, "Oh like, my god!" He's like, "This is it." <laughs> <laughs> Loving it. Uh, one more thing about the wives that I found yeah. in my research is it was actually Chuck Smith's wife who was like, "We need to reach out to hippies." Mm. Not in the movie at all. Classic. Yeah, it doesn't a, matter. He said, I, I'm trying to remember the exchange, but it was something like, he said something like, they're not worth saying, saving. And she was like, that makes me so sad. They are worth saving. Like, it was something yeah. so, so hopeless from his perspective. Yes, and she was yes. like, no, affirming that. Dexter, are you just. He wants to play. Oh, that's fun. Oh, I have one last line. Maybe this is classic, but I guess I didn't learn this at my church. Okay, that one line that they were like, um, you know G- what Jesus always says: "You're either with us or against us." <laughs> Do you remember this? Line? No, I think that was George W. Bush <laughs> that said that. Jesus did like, not say that one. I think that, that was Mr. GWB. There was something in the movie that was like that. No, was there not that line? I don't. I'm trying to remember. It was something that was like you're either, as you just said, you're either with us or against us. And I was like, if I could find this, this is a stark. It makes sense in their vision of Christianity (laughs) and the Bible that, like, Jesus said, "I'm here to bring a sword and fuck shit up, like, or whatever." Yeah, yeah, that one stood out. (gasps) Okay. Oh wait, I have one last one. Okay. Yes, please. Okay. When when our boy. Our gorgeous little boy, who I don't find gorgeous at all, cartoon was getting baptized, and he said, "I have a quick, I have a couple quick questions before you baptize me." Then um, they just launch into prayer and they baptize him. I was like, "Wait, I don't think he kind of came to a conclusion." <laughs> Did you feel like I was like, "I don't feel like this boy consented." He was Again, he was pretending dipped. to put up a fight. You think he, just he already won? And he's like, "Win me over," but <laughs> he's like, "I can't." But be I, this thought, easy. I sort of thought that there would be like he was like, "I really don't know," and then they're like. Let's just pray really quick. And then they just dunked him. It is so funny because it describes such transcendence to the event of getting baptized. And mm. and like the way it's portrayed is like he goes yeah. under in oh, yeah. Avatar land. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, Pandora yeah. He, like, under there. sinks into another yeah, consciousness. Yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when he was drowned. And of. then when he comes back up, he's <laughs> scary. He, he is a pastor. He yeah. knows the Bible <laughs> knows, front to back. He in all went to seminary. He kind of keanu you know, but got his life matrix education. <laughs> is the qualification. <laughs> the yes, education. he knows Kung Fu, but biblically. <laughs> it's so funny that they portrayed it that way. Because that is weirdly a concession to the Lonnie Frisbee of it all, of like, oh yeah, you can just get dunked down and then magic happens. Yeah. Even though Chuck's thing historically has always been like, no, it's about love and maybe the end times. Maybe <laughs> the not. little thing I call 1980. <laughs> <laughs> the final year oh, here it's on so Earth. So funny. Oh, intense stuff. Yes. But wouldn't you love to see an actual filmmaker do? A version of Lonnie Frisbee. Oh, yeah. The actual Lonnie Frisbee. It would be fascinating. Something in the world, the intersection of this culture, which is so at odds, but then weirdly utilitarian and then disposed of for another culture hierarchically. Like like we're saying, like it 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 is the ass showing and being like, look at our ass. Isn't it neat? (laughs) neat? (laughs) Because it is like the triumph of branding and then also the triumph of 
we now know how to speak your language enough to get you in the door. Yes. And so we know how to manipulate aesthetics to placate you and make you feel safe, even if we're totally not. And when the rubber meets the road, that's when you will find out what we actually believe. I mean, that's the legacy of Calvary Chapel in this moment. Any cool church going on, a lot of them do not have progressive beliefs in any way and are still (laughs) stuck in whatever era, you know, that they formed this kind of theology. Um, And so they can say whatever they want. It's the conversations they'll have with you one-on-one and behind closed doors or when you want to get a divorce or when you want to come out. That's when you'll find out what these people actually believe. The rest is just an aesthetic. Mm. And we don't go to Calvary Chapel here on GCF. Unless I'm in my hometown. We go to we go to Calvary <laughs> Fapel. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's rate this thing. The way it works is we give it a holy toast or holy roast. Y'all, Dexter's listening too. <laughs> holy toast is a thumbs up for the movie. That's when we send it all the way to heaven. Or holy roast, that's when we send it. Or if we're not sure, and we're just kind of floating around like freaking Greg Laurie in the water, we can send it to purgatory, which is... The space between. We'll start with you, Caroline. Um, I'm going to give it a roast, you know, for all the reasons we've talked about, but the main reason is... And we haven't talked about is this movie was so freaking long. Uh, I felt like I was at that movie for a long, long time. And there was nothing to show for it by the end. I saw Wakanda forever. I saw Wakanda forever. And I I saw Babylon. I was in it. You know, I stayed (laughs) to the montage. And this was just like, I was on my phone throughout this movie. And still, I was like, are we still doing this? In the back row where no one can There's see. more? There's more Mitzi Fableman? Like, we're back with her again after all wow, that? Yeah, so that's that's a roast for me, hands down. All right. The revolution did not take <laughs> in Caroline. <laughs> I was not a convert. We turned to Sterling. Okay. This Here's- is going to be, I know, very surprising to listeners. But I'm also <gasps> roast, obviously. Whoa. Going straight to hell. Okay. Yeah, it was very long. Dexter, get out of there. Dex, <laughs> hey, Brad, buddy. He's, no, it's, it's, I don't think there's anything exciting there. <laughs> oh, there's not. Okay. He'll also eat any other material that's not food. Or if there's a shoe in there, he might <laughs> also get his little paws on it. Dexter, you're um, Yeah, I'm going roast. I'm going roast mostly because that boy should have been cuter. I don't know. <laughs> like, something should have been more exciting, I think, mm-hmm. to have to watch. Um. Yeah, I I laugh. I guess I laughed a good amount, but you, you I think laughed. it was mostly nervous. It was mostly <laughs> nervous laughter. Not enjoyment. Um, and I did get to see a celebrity at the movie theater, so that almost could put it into. Who, did you see? Who was the celebrity? I saw Russell Brand. You saw Russell Brand and his full family, not in the theater, not in my theater, but <laughs> sorry, do you want me to move it? Sweetie, that is so annoying. No, you're. <laughs> Throw that little plastic thing um, far away. Uh, yes, I saw him and his full family, and then I did a, a classic quiet whisper to my friend where I go, that's Russell Brand, that's Russell Brand, that's Russell Brand. And then, and then she, of course, left the thing and goes, what were you saying? I was like, oh, you <laughs> missed my it? God. Yeah. Wow. And he, I feel like even Russell heard me whispering What's, it. like, the state of his hair lately? I would say um, exactly how would you, you oh, think. Oh, okay. Because after Do, uh, doing the same, uh, Death on say. the Nile, I was like, is he going... 
clean cut these oh days. is he doing that in that movie he had yeah he had like short hair i didn't recognize it. him for a while <laughs> until i was like oh yeah, yeah i think he's doing long and curly okay still. he's back and he has a full family kids his brand yeah his brand of british joe rogan or whatever he <laughs> yeah. is now i didn't even know he, he was... had little kids yeah i mean oh. not baby they were walking okay they were walking <laughs> they were walking uh, that's a big update. That's a GCF <laughs> scoop right there. Russell Brand's children. Russell Brand's kids are walking. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give it a roast too, but I'm going to share my own celebrity story of uh, of uh, someone I encountered in my theater, which is when, uh, you know, like we were saying, when that guy said, no facades, no mess, I heard someone screaming and applauding in the front row, and I look. And it was Woody Harrelson. He was right there, screaming and applauding for no mess. I really almost bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> Can you imagine? He's by himself. Whoa. Is he an anti-masker or something? Huge anti-vaxxer. Really? Anti- uh, on his latest uh, monologue of SNL, it was <gasps> about how anti-vax he is. Oh, wait. This is shocking. It is a little shocking. And then he, bold move to he do did a New, New York, York Times interview today where he's like, these COVID protocols and masking and testing, enough. I, we've had it. Well, yeah, really? it's been done <laughs> for a while. <laughs> huh. but, but yeah, his monologue was like, I read a script about a drug cartel who forced everyone to go into their homes and stay there and then made everyone follow the rules and take their drugs every year for the rest of their lives. And I read and I said, seems pretty far-fetched. Anyway, and that was it. Like, But it was a... Cool. Isn't that fun? I'm sure he, he had the some, hardest does time. Does he still live in Hawaii? Of all the people that went through COVID, that is an amazing location to kind of be living full-time. Uh, yeah. I would say maybe yes. there's some problems. So. But um, that's sort of... I'm sure he was going to the beach having an okay time in well, a big anytime house. Anytime he had to go to his awesome trailer <laughs> on set, he, he had, had to, to wear take a, a test or take a mask. And that was that really is so hard unfair. for him. That is so unfair. He misses written his whole life. <laughs> it's so funny. Wow. Anyway. A little late to do that. I know. It's like, yeah. now? Yeah, Late. now? <laughs> like, huh. Oh, okay. He checks his DMs. At Zachary Levi? <laughs> message request? <laughs> Wait, at Evangeline Lilly? Message request? They're going to be like anti-vax Avengers. It'll be so fun. Uh, all right, let's bring it down now. All right, Sterling, we're dimming the lights in here. We're lighting the candles. and On other shows, maybe you promote yourself or you plug your projects, but we're not here to do that. We're here to lift those things up to the Lord, including maybe something you're enjoying in secular culture, maybe the last great thing you watched, that you read, that you listened to, that you saw. And we start as per usual with Caroline. Um, I am Caroline, and you can lift me up at Caroline's Farts online. Dexter, I... what is your deal? <laughs> I'm sorry, Caroline. Is up in your oh, biz. <gasps> He's just sitting on her notebook. Um, I'm going to lift up. It's a little late. It's been out for a little while, but I've had it on my list. Uh, but the last season of Barry is so, so, so good. It's so funny. Um, you know, it's still Barry. So there's a lot of violent murder and stuff going on, but I just loved it. I was amazed. Uh, so if you haven't watched that yet, go check it out. How good is Winkler on that? Oh, I mean, just he's a revelation. Fucking goaded and a great Pasadena chasing. Isn't that fun? I don't remember that. Remember when they're on the freeways and it's like 210 past uh, Colorado? 
I forgot about that part. The the motorcycle? It's not coming back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when did you watch it? It's gone. <laughs> All right, thank you, Caroline. We turn it to Sterling. Yeah, so I've been watching something recently, um, very academic, highbrow, that I would really recommend, and it is the current season of Love Island. Oh, gorgeous. And um, there's so many episodes, really one every single day, and so if you have so much time on your hands, you have any winter blues, it's um, a bunch of British people sitting by a pool saying some of the craziest phrases I've ever heard. Like when you're interested in someone, you say, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. Um, it's if you need to turn your brain off for just five to six hours a Long week because time. They're, that's how many episodes there are. They're a week. so hot too, and they're very hot. What's not to love? That's my recommendation. My friend just showed me the scene where they all have to like dance Kiss? on each other, and there's yes. a heart monitor. Oh yes, to measure so who yeah, make, they, who makes their heart. Yeah, which I want I want to say I don't know if that is what indicates if you're interested in someone because sometimes you could just be nervous. Sometimes you'd be nervous, sometimes you'd be scared. That doesn't sound right. Um, but it was it was it was great TV. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how to incorporate that into my life. I'm just like heart monitoring to see Well, do you do any sort of health monitoring at all? No. <laughs> at all. <laughs> No, I don't feel absolutely trapped by <laughs> the need to get streaks every TV day. Yeah, maybe you, you can arrange some lunches several days in a row and see which one your your heart was racing the most during. <gasps> That's true. I can I can figure out which people I love the most. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm most scared by is most probably scared. more accurately. Yeah. Yeah. And then rank them and then put together a little well, list. Well, then also ask them to do a lap dance on you just to make sure. Yeah, just to make sure. baseline. Just to be safe. It's just (laughs) to be safe. And where can people follow you? They can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at sterling.km on one, a.k.a. Instagram, and sterling underscore. (laughs) Underscore? Underscore km on TikTok because I didn't get the rights to both. Man. Let's all be praying for Sterling to get the rights That's to that TikTok That's painful handle. to not have brand consistency so, across the platform. It's painful. To have to it's do different. I'm surviving. Feels bad. Sorry. I'm sorry, too. It's working. And we'll be lifting that up for you. Thank you. Anytime. It's coming soon. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. Wow. And I got nothing to lift up this week. <gasps> I got nothing <laughs> to lift up this week. Nothing I'm enjoying. There's nothing I care about. There's nothing that's giving me life. But you can, I think it's safe to say, you can listen to my friend Sterling's podcast, Bad Behavior, if you want to. Thanks. Yeah, check it out. And you can listen to my episode on it. And you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more good Christian fun. And leave us a review at Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. And this month's charity is Greg Laurie's Harvest Church. <laughs> they need it. They're literally dying. Last legs. Sterling, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much for having me. Fun time. Thank you for volunteering your time, your energy. You went to two different locations to do this Fine. show. God bless you. God bless you. And there's nothing left to say except for, okay, hey, I, I love, love you, you, Emma. Emma, amen. amen. And we'll go out with... Um, Pastor Chuck Smith's favorite hymn. 
No life without God is like tossed salad without scrambled eggs. And we'll see you next week on GCF. Goodbye. Bye. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building. That was a headgum podcast.